there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. This week, I'm thrilled to have Mark Hancock, who leads Trail Life USA, joining us. Mark is a homeschool dad who knows a lot about how to reach boys and help shepherd them into men after God's own heart. He has great insight to share with parents, and you'll be excited to hear about the opportunities for your family and even your church through Trail Life. If you have boys or have boys in your church or co-op, you don't want to miss this episode. The Teach Them Diligently podcast and much of what we're able to do around here wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. So I hope that when I mention them, you'll let them know the impact their support makes on your family. This week's sponsor was mentioned many times coming out of our Round Rock event. Families were excited to learn more about them, and several noted that they signed up or planned to start a troop. Today's episode is brought to you by Trail Life USA. Trail Life is where boys and men thrive. With more than 40,000 members and nearly 900 troops across all 50 states, homeschool moms and dads are discovering the power of outdoor adventure and badge-based education to engage boys, nurture faith, and awaken a love for learning. Unshackled from the classroom, boys and dads come to life in an environment where faith and understanding grow naturally. Men love the intentional discipleship time carved out with their sons, as together they plan, work, serve, love, and experience adventure together. Relationships grow, faith becomes real, leadership is learned, and boys grow to become biblically bold, courageous, servant leaders of faith and character. Learn more at traillifeusa.com forward slash TTD. Again, that's traillifeusa.com forward slash TTD. Now, won't you join me in welcoming Mark Hancock to the podcast? Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Over the last couple of weeks, we have had, or we, we talked at, at length with Stephen Ashton of Trail Life about the differences in educating boys and, and ways to really approach their heart as you are setting them up for success and all of that. So if you missed that podcast, go back and get and listen to that. I'll link it in the show notes. But I am really excited to uh, welcome to the podcast today, Mark Hancock, who is the CEO of Trail Life USA. And just to further our conversation about boys and what makes them special and how as parents we can really help them find their way to success and and to challenge them to be the the men that God has created them to be. So Mark, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be here. I'm so glad your les- listeners got to hear from Steve. And, you know, I don't know if he shared this or not, but he lived outside for three years with boys, you know, raising up troubled boys. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody knows about experience, experiential education, it's Steve. And so I'm, I'm glad your listeners got exposed to him. Yeah, he was great. And I learned a lot. I made, I took a whole page of notes as he was talking. And so I'm sure everyone else did too. Um, but Mark, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your heart for for guys in general that led you to be to be part of Trail Life as you are? Sure. Well, my wife and I are parents to two sons. Uh, one graduated from Liberty University last year. 
Um, and the other is a, a sophomore at Liberty University. Both of them on full scholarships. Academic scholarships are homeschooled all the way through, classically educated. And in fact, my, my older son is now teaching at a classical, a Christian classical academy in in Atlanta. So we've always been uh, interested in in bringing the best that we can to boys, starting with our own sons. And we were involved in in Boy Scouts uh, when the boys when the boys were younger. But uh, in 2013, the Boy Scouts started taking a, a path that we knew that churches weren't going to be able to follow with them, and we somehow got swept up in this movement, 300 volunteers across the country, and and organizing Trail Life USA. And so that just really deepened wow. my interest in boys. And also, I, you know, along the way, I had gathered a couple of master's degrees in mental health counseling and marriage and family therapy. And we had been youth pastors and, and worked with kids and, and we were uh, therapeutic foster parents working with troubled boys. So all along the way, it's like God was preparing us for uh, for working with this this group of boys across the country. So it's been a long process of, uh, you know, stumbling upon different things and just being led led by God into different areas. But, you know, when you look back, Leslie, I'm sure you can identify with this. Uh, you may not know at the time what it is that God's doing, but you look back and say, oh, OK, I know why we did that. Or I know why he led that, us yeah. that way, because I, I needed to know that for this. And uh, so I don't know what's next, but uh, he's, he's got us in this place right now, uh, serving about 40,000 trailmen in all 50 states. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible what he puts in our hand. And, um, you know, as as we are willing to follow him with those experiences and, and education or whatever it may be that seems so disconnected at the time, he always weaves it together and does does great and mighty things that we would have never even imagined on our own if we're willing to follow him boldly. And so it's exciting to hear how he's how he's positioned you and equipped you and given you a heart to serve this way. Yeah. And it's been it's been such an honor, you know, to see lives change and to see God uh, moving through us. You know, because, you know, when, when he begins to move through you, he really does something to you. And so uh, the this walk uh, has been uh, quite a fascinating one as as he's as he's growing us up in his image and using these challenges and these opportunities to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we live in a world that is is as close to anti guy, anti boy as it can possibly be. It, it's just amazing to me and, and heartbreaking to me as a mom of boys, how um, their position, their, uh, their prospects, everything about boys is really lessened, I think at great expense to our culture. So how, how have you guys seen that happening? And what are some, some things that you've learned as I know you've done a lot more study on on all of that than I have. I'm just I'm just kind of viewing it as a mom and getting grieved by it. Yeah, well, you can look at it and you can say, okay, you know, I kind of see, uh, it kind of feels like in the culture this is going on or this doesn't seem unfair or that, that seems kind of unusual. But when you dig down into this, the research, uh, you can't deny that boys are just, they're just in trouble in our culture today. You know, there's generations of, of dumbing mm. down uh, masculinity and toxic masculinity. It's, it's like boyhood is some kind of social disease that needs to be eradicated. You know, our yeah. our class, our typical classrooms and Sunday schools are built for girls, you know, still be quiet, pay attention, which is typically uh, traits that, that girls, girls are better at. And so boys start out their educational experience already feeling like they don't fit. 
like they're behind. And that that's cost us. You know, boys are now twice as likely to be in special education, three times more likely to have ADHD. They have fallen behind girls in every single academic category. There isn't one that boys lead in. There are now, uh, in the last 40 years, it has wow. flip-flopped. There's, there's now more girls attending college than boys. There's more girls getting uh bachelor's degrees, associate's degrees, master's degrees, doctoral degrees, every degree category, uh, you know, girls are outnumbering boys. And it's because of this thing that's been, you know, decades now of sort of, uh, you know, the system working against them. You know, I was at a, at a, um, I was down at NASA, down at Kennedy Space Center not too long ago, walked into one of their exhibits, beautiful uh, film screen, you know, one of those big old wide screens across the front of the room and the audience was in there and it came up and there was this, this female astronaut who was talking uh, to this, this group of kids and you can see the kids from the back of their heads kind of in silhouette. And she was saying, you know, I worked hard and I did this and you can do this too. You And I'm like cheering her on saying, man, I wish my sons were sitting here with me. They need to hear this message about how if they work hard and if they pay attention, if they, they can overcome anything, they can be, you know, do all this wonderful stuff and say, what a, an amazing message. And the camera panned around and showed the group of kids and it was all girls. And I thought, oh my gosh, wow. you know, if my son was worse in here, they would, they would sit there and what conclusion would any boy come to? Well, that message is for girls. It isn't for me. Now, I understand what they were doing. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're trying to lift up girls and girls need to be lifted up. But in that, uh, by leaving boys out, it's it, there, there's a subtle, uh, if not blatant message to boys that says that, no, they're, they're not a part of this. Instead, they get the toxic masculinity label or, uh, you know, we we take risk and competition out of their hands. You know, in California, they don't allow tag anymore in public Mm. schools because they're they're afraid that it'll hurt uh, hurt uh, boys, kids feelings. And, um, you know, boys thrive on risk and competition. You know, they they need that in order they they don't uh, they, they don't engage unless there's something at stake. And so they're asking the question, you know, why even try? Right. You know, everyone who participates gets a trophy or we're not keeping score or whatever. All those things are messages that intentional or not, they devalue boys and they take away from them uh, incentive to really try. And now we have more young men living at home than have ever lived at home since they started tracking that stat in 1960 in the census. And, so yeah. that, and it's because it's this failure to launch because we haven't allowed boys to succeed. Yeah. We haven't allowed them to fail and recover and try hard. So the first time they leave home, they fail and they run home again. They don't know mm-hmm. that you, you can do hard things and you can recover and try again. We, we try to take uh, the possibility of failure out of their lives. And, uh, you know, we all need to face it. I don't know about you, but I've learned most of my uh, good life lessons from failure. And when we uh, think that boys, yeah, when we think that boys can't handle that because we think that they're somehow damaged or behind or not capable, we, we, we take from them uh, the opportunity to show us who they really are, which is, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, rough and tumble, (laughs) get it done, uh, give it all. Uh, you know, designed to uh, to make sacrifice, designed to be the protector, the warrior. And we've just removed that from them and left them without purpose. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, even as you were talking about the um, kind of removing the the competition, the, the risk and the reward out of it, 
I even found when my kids were were young that if I would just inject a timer into a task, it turned it into a competition and the boys did so much better. It really is in even the little things, allowing our guys to to get the adrenaline and the, the risk of, of, I guess, you know, losing or whatever by making it a competition. They just seem to excel through that. Yeah. And, and boys learn empathy by being given the opportunity to lose. They, they don't learn empathy uh, mm. by, by, by nobody winning and nobody loses. They, they learn what it means and what it feels like to not be the winner. And that causes them to have compassion uh, for boys who are in something and they're not the winner rather than uh, they only learn that they learn not to lose. Um, and so winning is is very one sided in it, and and they're not paying attention to the loser. And so even empathy, even just building a boy's what it feels like uh, to lose, so that they can identify with that boy who loses the next game. And we've just kind of taken that opportunity away from them, you know. But I remember uh, my wife, you know, when she was homeschooling our two boys, she she put on the wall uh, bugs with numbers on them, and each of the boys were given a fly swatter, a clean one. <laughs> and she would ask, you know, math problems and have the same, this, the same answer for both boys, even if they were at different levels. And they had to rush up and swat that bug that had the number on it. Or yep. she had uh, another thing, she had yep. letters on the floor and they had to spell out words by hopping from letter to letter. That That's the kind of interaction and physical uh, competition space that boys uh, enjoy learning rather than uh, you know, a classroom setting or sitting at a sitting at a desk at home with worksheets in front of them. They're just not designed mm-hmm. to do yeah. that. And I, I tell our trail off leaders all the time, if your if your trail off meeting looks like a classroom or a Sunday school, you've lost those boys already because they do yeah. not they yeah. know when they walk into that environment, this isn't for me. I don't fit here. And uh, it's really sad. One of the saddest quotes I ever heard is when uh, you know Boy Scouts open up to girls and to be in their troops, and which is kind of a funny thought. But they interviewed a troop master and they said, how are you with this? And he said, you know, we love having girls in our troop. They're so much smarter and better behaved. And I thought, you know. Oh, my goodness. N- n- number one, he's right. Because developmentally, girls do develop more quickly yeah. than boys, both in terms of intelligence and in social skills. And, and in uh, d- developmentally, they just grow faster emotionally. So he, he's right about that. But my gosh, here's another place boys can't go to. Because, you know, there's, there's that message that's in the room that says, why can't you sit still like Susie? And boys just get yeah. that everywhere. Like somehow they don't fit in this world. And... So when they're looking for risk and competition in a place that they can succeed, uh, the video game world solves that problem for them. You keep score there. There's levels. You can win. You can lose. You can lose and recover and come back and try harder and win. You can develop levels. That world is just built for boys. And so we take it out of their real life. We put it into a video game. They rush into the video games, and then we criticize them for playing so many video games. It's like they can't win no matter where it is that they go. But we need to take a lesson from those video game designers. 
that is attractive to boys. That risk and competition, it is to girls too, but the, the, the numbers are just huge in, in, in terms of the boys who, who, who go into that world because they're looking for that opportunity for, to compete, to try something, to try harder, to get better at something, to win, to lose, and then try harder and then win. That is just uh, like rocket fuel for the growth of a boy's confidence. That is fascinating. I'd never heard that about video games, but it makes so much sense, Um, especially like you were noting in a world where everything has been kind of dumbed down and, and, you know, you've got the participation trophy era that we're living in. But, you know, I've even seen with my own boys that anything that they can work and improve and see that improvement, track that improvement, it is it is incredibly motivating for them. So so the fact that these video games are truly sucking these guys in makes so much sense. And it's really unfortunate that that is the only outlet we're giving so many of these kids. It is sad. And then we're criticizing them for spending time. There. And the, the, other, the other group that does right. a really good job is that, that we should spend some time looking at uh, their growth is gangs. I mean, Gangs are recruiting boys and boys are finding success there because they answer three critical questions for boys. Who's in charge? Who's with me? And what is our mission? And they answer those questions so clearly and boys love that environment, which is why gangs are growing a lot faster than our youth groups, because they answer that question real, real easily. Who's in charge? And you have to have a clear leader. Boys like yeah. that, that, that clear leadership. They, they like a hierarchical structure, which is why they will test a substitute teacher if they're in a school. It's like, hey, are you sure you can handle us? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to make sure that, that you're in charge and that you know how to manage the room or the situation. Who's with me? You know, the gangs use patches and colors and things like that in order to identify them. In Trail F, we use troops and patrols and patrol names and patrol calls and patrol flags so that they know the group that they're with. And what is our mission? Uh, so many times, because we don't uh, believe strongly enough in boys, we don't give them challenging missions. Well, think about the missions that gangs are giving, hmm. and those those boys are are are, are doing them. They're they're completing the missions. Now they're horrible, horrible missions in terms of uh, development or in terms of right. culture, and, and a lot of boys die in the process. But look at that: boys are willing to give their lives in an environment that sets those three things clearly. If we could learn from gangs, those three things, to make that clear for boys. But we're just working against it. You know, we, 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 we don't want them uh, bonding with other boys and, and, and getting too proud or too powerful because, you know what, they could hurt somebody. And it's just really sad uh, that, that, that we're not paying attention to the video game designers who are just kicking our tails in recruiting boys and the right. gangs who are just kicking our tails and giving boys purpose and identify an identity and an opportunity to belong. We got to get better at those things, Leslie. Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's so interesting that you would bring up gangs. I read a book a couple of years ago that also mentioned the impact of gangs. Um, and, and it was really looking at it more from the community, that the belonging that, that these guys get when they're, involved in a gang. They have a spot. All of a sudden, they have a place, a role. Um, they they have their community. And again, that is what we as a family unit, as a church at large, should be giving them, not making them go looking at some really, really horrible, dreadful place to find it. 
Yeah, now that's powerful stuff. When you go identify with with a community, there's there's two things that are really huge for boys today in their success, and one and, th- and these are secular writing writers who are coming to these conclusions. The most powerful for, thing for a boy is to be in a community, someone he can identify with, something that's mm-hmm. bigger than yeah. he is. That's what helps. Uh, shape him. He looks around and learns the norms from that community and that shapes him. That gives him the uh, guardrails, so to speak, of, of what's of what's right and what's wrong. Now, and the other thing that you align with that, the second thing is a faith community because that gives him guardrails that are absolutes. Hmm. And so, so when you put those two things together, a faith community and uh, a, a community that's that's bigger than they are, that they can identify with, that's drawing them on, helping them find their own identity, then you've got to win with boys. And that's why we do that in Trail Off USA. We, we're drawing them into a, a Christ-centered uh, community that has uh, morals and a foundation that doesn't change. It's the Word of God. And boys can identify with it because it's bigger than they are, and they're glad to be a part of it. And uh, that's why you'll find them in gangs, because they'll just identify with that community. But when we can line up those two things, faith, the constant, you know, the absolute. You know, how in the world do you teach boys about good or bad or right or wrong if you don't have an absolute? It just becomes, oh, well, you think it's right, right. and I think it's wrong or whatever. So you have to have these absolutes, which, are, which our society is really missing for boys today. So we have to provide them absolutes based on faith, and we have to provide them a community that's bigger than they are that they can identify with. And that, that mission that that community has is huge. As they look back at the greatest generation, you know, that World War II generation, they went off to war and they mm-hmm. gave their lives for something, for freedom, for America, for something bigger than they were. And they were glad to do it. I mean, they went off, they, they enlisted. Some of them were too young, but they did it anyway because they wanted to identify with a cause that was good and was bigger than, than they were. Then they came back from World War II and without a battle to fight, they gave themselves at the workplace. And so men went to work and gave their lives through stress and heart disease and high blood pressure and, and all that because they were still doing something valuable. They were, they, were, they, they were doing it for their family. Why do you work so hard? I'm doing it for my family. Why do you travel 300 days a year? I'm doing it for my family. They had a purpose bigger than they were and they gave their lives for it. You know, the bullets for those men were heart disease and all those things. But then we've taken all that away. And so men don't have specific identity purposeful things today that they can give themselves to completely. And that's why an organization like Trail Life is so important because, hey, come invest your life here in the next generation. Pour into them with these truths. Do these things together. Be a part of a community. Make a difference. Take on uh, this culture that's trying to belittle uh, men and boys and, and, and show them who, who you can be. That's that's big time stuff when men and boys begin uh, embracing visions like that. That's yeah, that's so important. And and it's really it's really awesome that you guys offer a place for these guys and, and the men that are involved as well to find kind of their gang of guys in a place where it is it is safe and it is pointing to truth and it is pointing to a solid foundation and things that they can wholeheartedly get behind that will serve them and their families well for generations to come, really. I'm I'm just really thankful for what you guys are doing. Well, you know, we are a, an organization for boys, uh, but the, the, the secret thing is that we're also an organization uh, that ministers to men who they can find their band of brothers, men who are standing together, hmm. uh, facing the same way with, with, with a mission together and going after uh, saving the next generation. That gives grown men 
the purpose too that they've been crying out for. Yeah, that is that is awesome. We we actually talk a, a good bit about that um, within at Teach Them Diligently. We have a membership site that's anyone can join, but but really the ministry is largely to moms because of the way it's set up. But there are so many of those moms that are loving the community that they have there and with with other homeschool moms and and growing together, learning together. But they yearn for that so much for their spouses. And guys just don't interact the way that us girls do. We you know, it's you've got to have something different to really attract the men and help them build that band of brothers like you noted. No, you make a really good point. You know, uh, women, uh, and I know these are broad and general statements, but women can connect over a cup of coffee face to face. Uh, and when you watch in a restaurant, you know, a group of women sitting there talking, you can just see how just how connected they are. The eye contact, the care, they're just mm-hmm. every word just flowing on the other. That's hard for guys. We connect side by side. We connect, uh, turn in a wrench yeah. in a car. Uh, we have to be doing some. We connect on a trail, on a hike, on a long trek. We connect around a fire, sitting there side by side, looking at the fire. Maybe a dad will, after the boys bed down, a dad will say, hey, I saw the way you talk to your son. How do I build a relationship like that with my son? Or they'll say, hey, I'm really struggling at work. We we, we just connect differently. We need something else to do. You know, I remember in the 80s, the kind of church went through this whole thing of accountability. And you were supposed to go out once a week with your accountability buddy and go have a cup of coffee. I mean, it was... It was uh, terrifying for guys. <laughs> you know, I have to sit across from a, <laughs> the table from a guy for an hour and make conversation. You know, that's just that's just not what we're built for. We do stuff side by side and we have to have a mission that we're doing mm. together. And through that, we build we build our brotherhood You know, through through doing something purposeful. It's not enough uh, for us, even though it's powerful what women do in terms of their emotional connection, the bonds that they form across the table from each other. That just isn't uh, that just doesn't do it for guys. We have to have something that at the end of the day, we look back and we say, okay, we did this. At the end of the day, we can't say, yeah. it doesn't yeah. excite us to say, hey, I spent an hour and a half chatting about my most innermost most feelings with a guy. No, that's not, we, we say, <laughs> you know, I hiked 18 miles or, or, or I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I dropped a transmission in a 56 Chevy or whatever it is. We, those are the things that we celebrate at the end of the day. But in those things, we're forming those bonds and those relationships. Well, and it's so important for us girls to remember the differences as well, whether we're talking about our husbands. And I know I have, I've talked to so many wives who, for lack of a better word, just really nag, nag, nag their husbands to go out and, and engage in activities like they find so life-giving, like the, the wife finds so life-giving. And the guy is, is, you know, generally resistant to it for all the reasons that you just mentioned. But as women, we want so much for our husbands to to have, you know, to have a connection to to find that fulfillment. To we know that there's stuff that guys need to talk to other guys about. We recognize that, but actually acknowledging and recognizing and leaning into the differences in needs um, is such an important thing. And I think that for a lot of us. We are a lot more keyed into trying to think through it for our boys than we are for our husbands. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, those connections are just as powerful for guys to have those emotional bonds. But Mm -hmm. the way we go about creating those is just different. And, you know, they come surprisingly. Um, I'm in a I'm in a group chat with uh, four or five guys right now. 
And, um, you know, it's just taken some time before guys are now saying things like, hey, can you pray for me today? You know, usually it's just like, you know, some 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 meme or something that they're sending back over, uh, you know, kind of right. testing the water. <laughs> yeah, you know, guys, guys are just kind of different. And um, so we have to wade into those waters slowly because it's it's vulnerability. It's risky, those kind of things. And women just are 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 just uh, more equipped to do that because God made them, you know, yeah. to, uh, for good reason to be emotionally connected, uh, e- emotionally connect easily one uh, for, for the children. And then also, you know, for, for, for the husband to have that, to have that emotional connection. But, but men, we, we got to work at that. That's, that's hard stuff. And, um, and some guys are much better at it than others. Uh, and some guys we have to be, I have to be intentional about saying, okay, this is an opportunity to connect emotionally. Cause sometimes it's just like, Ooh, I'm just off somewhere else, you know, but, uh, we have yeah, to be intentional yeah. about that when it comes much more naturally to women, but it can be done and you get better at it with practice and you can practice in places like sitting around that fire or hiking alongside a guy or turning a wrench on mm. a car or doing something together. But it takes, it takes that and it takes, uh, it, t- it takes time and it takes that intentionality in order to connect. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even as you were talking, I was thinking back, uh, those that listen to the podcast know that I've got two boys. They're, they're grown now they're 22 and 20, but, but, with them, with David, a lot of the best conversations that I've had, the deepest ones has been while we, you know, let's go out hiking or, you know, let's go out for a bike ride or let's do something active. And it's amazing how that it's disarming or it, you know, it gives them something else to do. So they're not really thinking about the fact that they're you know going a little bit deeper in the conversation. But, but I can think of so many times when, even in my relationship with them, I've seen activity really um, encourage deeper relationships. Yeah, and that's and that's really insightful to see that. I mean, it's 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 frightening uh, to a man to hear, "Hey, you know, can we sit down? I need to talk to you about something." <laughs> you know, but if we can bring those things up in the context of of other things going on, it just it just makes it just makes it easier. But um, yeah, uh, you know, it's it, 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 when we when, and that's one of the things we advise our leaders. You got to accept the fact that boys and girls are different, that men and women are different. And our culture today, that's like you know, you're 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 going to get canceled for saying things like that. But it's just the truth. God yeah. made us different, and there isn't one that's better than the other. We have different strengths, and we're complementary to each other because of those those strengths. And when we stop paying attention to those, it's devaluing both men and women. And, uh, and so, so in trail life, we're, you know, we, we say we're Christ centered and we're boy focused. Now as American heritage girls does mm. a great job with girls. That's their space. They're really, really good at it. We are really, really good at boys, uh, because boys and girls are different. They need different yes. programs that are aimed at their strengths. Oh, absolutely. Well, how do you guys do it. And also how, you know, as, as moms listening in, how can we really set our boys up for success? What are the ways that, that we need to be mindful of that can really, really spearhead them on to higher and greater things? Yeah, well, I think we need to, to recognize things and the prescription is going to be different for every boy, but I think we need to recognize what's going on in the culture. And we point to four things that are affecting boys right now. One is they're unguided. You know, one in four boys 
uh, doesn't have a father in the home. 78% of teachers are female. So boys are primarily around women most of the time. So they don't, so they see incredibly successful women, single moms who are doing Herculean tasks at home and teachers in the workplace are working really hard. They see women who are succeeding and women as leaders, but they don't have an example of their type in leadership. And so you got to find a place that's that's male centric where boys can see and be alongside men who, and boys who are leading. And the second thing is they're ungrounded. You know, I made references earlier. You know, it's, I the, I want to pull the statistic out of the out of the air, but it's it's over fifty percent of people in America right now no longer believe that the Bible is the foundation for morality. And that's just different. We were raised in a culture wow. where where you did you point if the Bible said it, it's like yeah okay. Over 50% of the, of, the, of the population doesn't believe that. So our boys are being raised in a culture where they're not grounded on those absolute truths. So you got to find a community that believes in absolute truths. And the third thing is boys are unappreciated. Mm. I made reference to that about how we think that boys and girls are the same. We're trying to deliver one size fits all program. You can't. You have to recognize boys and girls are different physically, psychologically, socially, developmentally. Um, their eyes are different. Their ears are different. Their brains are different. Uh, the way that they uh, um, attack uh, challenges is different. There's so many things that are different between boys and girls. And so we've got to appreciate those differences and can't think that the same way that we teach our daughters is going to be the same way we teach our sons, because subtly we're shaming them because they can't keep up with Susie. And then the fourth thing we say is boys are uninspired. And I also hit on that earlier, talking about risk and competition. Boys don't see any reason to try unless there's something at stake. And, you know, we're afraid we're going to hurt their feelings because they're, they're going to lose or they're going to be the last one or whatever. That's okay. Losing is an incredibly empathy building tool that's going to make your son more sensitive to people that he runs into that lose in whatever game he's good at. There's going to be certain things he's good at, certain things he's not good at, but he's got to be able to have that experience of losing and then making a decision. Do I want to work harder at this or is it just, just not something that, that I'm supposed to be doing? And, and a lot of boys will, will if, you, if you let them, they'll fail and they'll get back up and they'll try harder. They'll get back up and they'll try again. They'll get back up and they'll try again. Watch them play video games. They're doing that over and over and over again. Boys can handle failure uh, if we give them the opportunity and then allow them to succeed. And Leslie, I'm really concerned that we're raising a generation of unproductive narcissists. You know, they're, they're unproductive because we don't mm. expect anything of them. And they're narcissists because we don't let them fail. I've met so many young men who are 13, 14, 15 years old. And I ask them, what are they going to do when they grow up? And they're like, I'm going to be a video game designer. I'm going to do this. Well, are you taking math? No, I don't really like math. Well, you're going to need to know that. If you're gonna... <laughs> That's the kind of mind you kind of need to yeah. have for it. Oh, no, I just have all these ideas. All right. Well, you know what? You know, you, you, somebody needs to tell you the truth. But we don't want to. We just want to uh, respect right. their dreams, which we should do. But we also have to be real with them and put them in situations where they can try something and fail. You know, over and over again, when my when my sons had a desire to do something, we'd be, you know, we would weigh it as a family. Does this fit in with our culture? Does this, the culture of our family, is this honoring to God? Can we do this? And we would let them try different things. And some things they were extremely good at. Some things it just wasn't their thing, but they had to try it in order to find out 
And then they also had to stand back and say, wow, I didn't know how hard that was. And they would grow in respect for people who did that. And those are great tools to, to enter into adulthood, adult, adulthood to understand that uh, people, some people are better at things than you are, and you're better at some people at other things. That's gold in our society today, yeah. respecting, those, respecting those talents and gifts. Well, it is. And I think it's incredibly motivating for them too. If, if someone is better than them, it's motivating to, you know, work a little harder at it, get a little better at it. I know my boys, um, that tends to drive them a little bit harder. So by removing kind of those levels that we've done, we're really removing a lot of motivation for them to, to improve at a whole lot of things. Yeah. No, we've got to let them try things and we've got to let them uh, measure themselves against other boys. And that's just something that isn't popular mm -hmm. in our culture today. We, we've, we've got to let them say, you know, where do I stand here? This first place, second place, third place. Everybody is not the winner. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. There's some boys who are faster than others. There's some boys that are smarter than others. There's some boys that are better jugglers than others. There's some boys who can do magic tricks when others can't. There's some boys who can sing really good. There's some boys who can dance really good. And you understand those things rather than, oh, let's make sure we don't put you in there anywhere because maybe you won't be the best. Well, you know, sometimes you're not the best and that's really okay. Right. Absolutely. Well, Mark, as you've been talking and even as I was talking to Stephen a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm sitting here wondering how does one go about either finding or starting a troop, a, a trail life troop? I mean, I, I just feel like this is something that I know I wish that my boys had been able to take advantage of. We actually didn't even know about it until they were much older. But for those that are raising boys now, I just think this is something that would be such a benefit for every family who participates. So what what's kind of the, the method for getting involved or even starting something up if there isn't one in your area? Well, I'm glad you asked that because those four things that I talked about, the unguided, the ungrounded, the unappreciated, and the uninspired, those are all things that we intentionally go after in trail life. You know, we guide the boys with good Christian men or male-centric organization. We ground them in the word of God. We're unapologetically Christian. We appreciate them because we design our program to appeal to their strengths, and we inspire them by having challenges and awards and things that they can go after. So encourage parents who are recognizing these challenges that boys face in the culture to check out Trail Life. I mean, there, there may be other things, uh, other places you can go to accomplish things too, but we nail all four of these. <laughs> so you go to traillifeusa.com, traillifeusa.com, two L's in the middle, and then go to Get Connected. And there they'll find a tab that's Find a Troop. And a map of the United States uh, pops up, an interactive map. You can type in your zip code or tell you the troops that are nearby and tell you how to get in touch with them. And you can, you can enroll your son in that troop. If there's not a troop nearby, then there's also a tab that says start a troop. And that's how it takes five adults who are interested in, in raising this next generation uh, in an alliance with the church. You know, the church is a chartering partner and a relatively simple process uh, to get a troop up and running. I know, Leslie, a lot of times uh, they'll tell us at the beginning, well, we figure we'll have 12 or 15 boys. They end up with 40 on their first night um, because boys just come out of the woodwork. Wow. Parents, parents are looking for this kind of organization to inspire inspire their sons and also give their the dads, the fathers and sons, something that they can do together. Or men who don't have a son, it gives them a place to go work and pour into the next generation and, and meet his band of brothers. So... Uh, trailoffusa.com, find a troop or start a troop. 
Well, and even as you were telling that, I was thinking back to that statistic that you gave, and Stephen actually mentioned it as well, about the fact that only 36% of families feel like the church is is doing right by their boys, is really, truly benefiting their boys. So what an incredible opportunity for churches to minister to families, to strengthen their ministry to these boys, to to have the opportunity to disciple and shepherd and, and you know, just really instill in them a love for God, a love for people and all of these other things by hosting or starting or supporting a Trail Life Troop. I, I just think it is it meets such a need and it's such a great thing for families to be involved in, churches to be involved in as well. It really is. We're seeing churches grow when they start a Trail of USA troop because you can invite a boy to Sunday school, uh, a neighbor boy or something over and over again, and uh, he may or may not come. But you invite that boy to go whitewater rafting mm. or zip lining or something like that. Over and over again, we're seeing that unchurched boy join the troop and then that unchurched family join the church. And there's a church in Georgia, I met a pastor not too long ago, who he has stopped for 35 years. He's had a Wednesday night Bible study for his congregation. And he told him one Sunday, he said, we're through. He says, I beg you all to come out here. And we sit here and we go through another book of the Bible and, and, and then we all go home. Well, isn't that great? We pat ourselves on the back. We did that. He says, from now on, on Wednesday nights, we're going to have Trail Life and American Heritage Girls. If you have a boy, you enroll him in Trail Life and you come out and you show, you show up. If you have a girl, you enroll her in American Heritage Girls, and they're both going to meet on the same night. Separate programs, but one's aimed at boys and one's That's aimed awesome. at girls. It says if you don't have a boy or girl, you come and you serve those boys and girls that don't have a father in their house or a mother in their house, and you come and you mm. pour into this next generation. And his Wednesday nights have just exploded. He has people who have never been in his church before, um, who in, and even church members who weren't going to the Bible study, but they're coming on Wednesday night because it gives them a purpose. They get that wow. sense, and I'm pouring into a generation. I'm not yeah. just feeding myself another Bible study. I'm giving out of this richness and this well that I have, I'm giving out to somebody else. And that takes all that stagnant learning that they've had years over years over years and puts it to work and gets that spring flowing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Mark, I am going to link to all of these things in the show notes. I hope that those who are listening in will will dive deep in checking this out, get their kids involved. Um, and even more than that, I, I hope that churches will just get on on board and really make this a part of their outreach, a part of their ministry to to families and to individuals as well. I I am very excited about what God could do with with just this movement of creating men who love God and really instilling in them um, just a focus and a vision and a passion that is it is threatened to be killed out of them right now because of the way that culture is. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us this week. Well, thank you, Leslie. I'm going to ask the staff to send you a copy of our proven process that talks about those four things about boys. I think your listeners would love looking at that too. Thank you so much for, for having us on. Well, you're very welcome. And I look forward to reading through that. I look forward to seeing you at Teach Them Diligently this year, um, seeing all the fun stuff that you guys have planned for families there, as well as, you know, just hope, hopefully interacting with a whole lot of guys and, and building some really good relationships. Yeah, we're, we're excited about it. We're, we're, bringing, we're bringing all kinds of fun things to do. And then, of course, we'll, we'll also be talking with families about, about how they can uh, uh, really uh, grow their sons and be, being godly men.
Well, that is fantastic. So if you are a parent of a boy, a son, make sure that you look for them in the exhibit hall, head to their sessions, get fired up, get equipped to really parent your boys well. Um, They have an awful lot of resources that will help you do just that. So thank you all for joining us this week. I hope that this has been encouraging and exciting and really made you think about how to shepherd the hearts of your boys even better, get them involved in things that are super good for them. And even um, as, as dads, as husbands, just different ways that you can get involved in inspiring and equipping the next generation while also finding your gang, your band of brothers that you can grow with and do life with as well. So uh, check out Trail Life. We have all of those links in the um, show notes. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.